it, you know, in the children's section, they'll, they'll have dolls and things like that. And then they, they had these fake, these fake wigs, uh, you know, that kids could put on, you know, and I took, and it's, I looked at those and I said, Ooh, that, that fiber there, if I cut it shorter, I can make those look like legs on a, on a nymph, you know? That was Rick Takahashi describing his secret spot for fly tying materials. We get into it all today, so strap it on again. Let's go. This is the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. We'll help you on your fly fishing journey with classic stories covering steelhead fishing, fly tying, and much more. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Thanks for stopping by the Fly Fishing Show. I've got one slot open for the uh, OP Steelhead Trip uh, in February. If you're interested in a chance at a steelhead of a lifetime, go to wetflyswing.com slash OP, and I'll follow up with you soon. In today's episode, I chat with Rick Takahashi about his life in fly tying with a focus on terrestrials. Rick tells us which are the number one terrestrials he has in his box, why he ties uncomplicated flies, and his background as an artist. Don't miss this one as Rick describes a learning disability that we both share and how he has overcome it to write three big fly tying books. So, without further ado, here's Rick Takahashi. How's it going, Rick? Hey, I'm doing well, thank you. It's, it's kind of snowing here. We're having our first uh, uh, snow. It's 22 degrees out oh, and wow. snowing, so this is a perfect time to sit down and talk with you, Dave. That's awesome. Yeah, I was just thinking about this morning. Uh, out here, I think it's uh, it's definitely cold as well. It's not 22. I think it's a little above freezing. But yeah, man, it feels like it's that time of year, right? The snow's coming. Uh, yes, well, it's amazing. Yesterday, I was uh, I was bass fishing with a friend. It was 74 degrees. <laughs> this morning, it's 22 degrees in snow. So wow. that's Colorado for you. So, so what do you think? So as you get older, uh, I'm not sure your age or whatever, but it's funny. You know, do you start to think about like, well, maybe maybe some of those warmer environments might be a good place. I, I might want to move and and do some fishing there. Well, you know, uh, I, I guess some people would, would think that, but I, I love Colorado. I've lived here all my life, and see, I just don't feel like I'm connected to the planet unless I can look out my window and see the mountains and uh, and be uh, up here in the high altitude. Uh, so uh, I, I don't. I, have, I haven't thought about going down to the warmer warmer climes. I, I would miss Colorado too much. So I, I'll put up with all the, the weather that it has to offer. I just love this place here. Cool. Cool. Well, we're going to dig into some, uh, fly tying today. You're, um, you know, I'm going into a fly tying season now and your name is, right. up, your name has come up a number of times. And, um, I'm hoping to dig into a little bit on maybe terrestrials and your background in fly tying. Um, but, uh, before we get there, maybe we can just sure. talk about how you first got into fly fishing and fly and fly tying. Oh yeah, uh, glad to do that. Um, I, I I believe in my heart that I was born to be a, a fisherman, and uh, maybe more specifically a, a fly fisherman. I can just remember back to my earliest days, you know, three four years old, go, go, going around and going with my parents to a lake or something, and finding oh bits and pieces of, of fishing equipment and, and picking that up and putting it in my pocket and. And later taking it home and looking at it and wondering what it was about. And, and you know, I really got this desire to be a fisherman, even though I'd never fished. I, I'd never seen a fishing pole or anything like that. And uh, I, I just I just really was really intrigued by by uh, uh, by uh, fishing. And, and so I believed that I was born to be a fisherman. And then um, 
as we fast forward a little bit to uh, you know around um, six seven years old, uh, uh, I I had been fishing. Well, I, actually, let's go back a little bit. Around I think four or five years of uh, of age, I got to go fishing in a Huck Finn a fishing tournament, and um, it was at uh, at a a, uh, a lake in uh, Denver. Uh, called Washington Park, and they had a little canal, and they blocked it off, and they put trout in there, and kids could come and catch fish. And I remember Wright McGill used to give us a little gold salmon egg hook, and and so uh, you know I, I caught my first trout, and I just I fell in love with trout at, at that time. I, I I caught that trout. They said, "Well, you want to catch some more?" And I said, "No, I'm just I'm just satisfied with this one fish. I wouldn't let them take it off that." off the hook and I just walked around and prayed around I was so proud of that of that fish and the, the beauty of the fish and that's when I first fell in love with, with trout and so I, I remember that as vividly right yeah. you know at my age now were your parents uh, fishing? to when I was looking what's that did your parents fish or what, what did your folks do I uh, well you know I um, um I grew up uh, my folks owned a, a restaurant <laughs> in fact we had an Italian restaurant I grew up, I thought I was Italian until I was a little bit older, but, uh, uh, no, they, they were so busy trying to, to, you know, to get things going. It, it was, uh, you know, back, back in those, those times after, uh, after the war, you know, it was, it was kind of tough. So they, they started a restaurant business and, and were, were quite successful with that. Uh, but they didn't get a chance to fish too much, but, but that 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 didn't deter me. Whenever I got a chance to go with some friends, I would if they asked me, I would go. And you know, when I was six years old, I, my dad would give us a a, um, a quarter uh, each uh, each week if if we uh, or actually each month, and if we kept our room clean, and especially if I didn't beat up on my sisters, <laughs> uh, I, I would take that quarter and I'd go down to the local hardware store, and they had fishing equipment in there, and. And uh, you know, I, I look around. I'd spend hours in, in the in the store just looking at the fishing equipment. Much much as I I, I do to, today, I do the same thing. And and I I saw a fly, and I didn't know what that was, but uh, um, what it represented. But it had a hook on it, so I knew it was for fishing. And it was a royal coachman. And uh, I looked at that thing, and I, and, I, and I think it was it was twenty three cents, and I bought it. And uh, I took it home, and I looked at it, and looked at it and spent hours looking at it every day. I just take it out and look at it and just marvel at the beauty of the fly. And then one day I, I took it, I noticed there's some thread there. So I took a razor blade and I cut the thread off and the hackle unwound. And all I can remember is going, wow, I got to learn how to do this. <laughs> and so there started my, my quest to, uh, to, uh, to fly time. I, uh, I tried old. to read it every. At, at yeah, six, yeah. At six, seven years old, I, I was trying to, I was trying to 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 read about it, and I had no idea what they were talking about when I was reading. You know, they're they're talking about all kinds of techniques, and I had no idea. And then, uh, then an uncle uh, came to visit, who was uh, uh, on leave from the the army, and he says, "I'll buy you anything you want." And I said, "How about a fly tying kit?" Nice. And he bought me a fly tying kit. I still didn't know what the flies were for, but I, I just wanted to learn how to do this. And so I, I would I would type these monstrosities, and uh, you couldn't even fish with them because there's so much thread on the end that there's no way you could have gotten any tippet material through there. Uh, and then I just remember when I was, you know, uh, um, 
uh, in Boy Scouts, we, we went uh, camping up at Deckers, which is a, an area above Denver, and um, I saw my first fly fisherman, and I thought, I wonder what he's doing, you know? And so uh, I sat down and, and uh, uh, was watching him, and he says, you have any questions? I said, yeah, what are you doing? He says, fly fishing. I said, what are you using? And he goes, I'm using flies. And I said, well, what are they? And he came over and he showed me, and I was, it was you know, that that fly on a hook, and I'm going, oh, <laughs> so this is what you're using this for. And, and I said, well, what kind of what, what's the fly? And he says, well, it's a gray hackle peacock. And uh, I said, wow. And I just sat back and, and sat on the rock and watched him cast, and he, he caught fish. And and there started my my curiosity, and uh, so I started to real earnestly start to uh, to tie flies. And then um, uh, uh, when I got a little bit older uh, and, and had tied a few flies, I, I had heard that there was a, a guy in Denver named Jim Poor who, who had a little company called Angler's All. And uh, I took my flies over to Jim Poor and I, I showed him. And, and I said, um, I rode my bike over there if my parents would have ever found out that I, I rode <laughs> all the way down to his shop. Uh, in heavy traffic and everything, they would have died. But, uh, you know, back, back then, you know, kids did those sorts of things. So I just rode my bike and showed him my flies, and he looked at it, and he said, these are horrible. <laughs> you need to practice. And, you know, I, I tell the story, and some people go, they're, they're horrified. They're going, what? He told you that, a little kid? You, you think he'd be encouraging? I right. said, you know, that was the best, at best advice he's ever that I'd ever got, and and uh, I took him. I took him uh, to 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 task, and for sixty five years or so, I practiced tying uh, at least three flies every day if I can, mm -hmm. and 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 have uh, done done so. So the, what that does is it just you know just really keeps me active in, in the fly tying. It keeps my facilities up, and you know now that I'm getting to be an old geezer, it's. Uh, it's it's one of those things. I, I don't want to do all those little mind things that they they say to improve your mind. I just I'll just sit down at my vice and yep. start tying. Tying, so, tying your so it's been, so it's been a, yeah yeah so it's been a love affair ever since then uh, of tying flies. And I guess I'm one of those rare individuals who enjoy tying flies as much as I do fly fishing. You yeah. know if. Like, like like today, if I can't get out and fish, that's all right. I'm going to go down and tie flies because every fly I tie, I imagine I'm going to catch a fish of a lifetime with it. That's so, right. And are, um, and are, yeah. you a, are you a better fly tire or fly fisherman? Uh, I, I think I'm a better fly tire. I, I, you know, I'm just like, like every, uh, every other bear, you know, sometimes I have days that I, that I struggle with, uh, with, uh, with the, uh, catching the fish, but you know, um, uh, I, I do all right. I probably do better than than, than most, but uh, I don't try to brag about that. I, uh, I but but I, I do enjoy tying flies. So yeah. Um. Sometimes uh, I you know I uh, I, I just I just really enjoy the the tying the flies and taking them out there and catching fish with them. And so nice. that's 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 the joy. Yeah. And and where did the um so long this journey. You know, you've written a few books. Can you talk about those books and how that all came to be? I mean, you were tying flies, and and maybe you could talk about, um, you know, any, oh, anything yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what happened. I've been tying flies for quite a while and doing de demonstration fly tying, and a friend of mine, T.K. Pope, 
I uh, said, hey, you know what? I want to introduce you to somebody. His name is Ross Purnell, and Ross is the editor of Fly Fisherman Magazine. And he had a company here in, in uh, Fort Collins uh, called the Virtual Fly Shop. Uh, and they needed to have somebody who could do some illustrations for them. And so uh, I, I went and talked with Ross and uh, uh, and uh, uh, became involved with the Virtual Fly Shop and, and first doing um, uh, drawings for them. I said, you know, there's better illustrators out there than I am. But they said, well, you know, there are some really good illustrators, but a lot of them are not fly fishermen. And so well, sometimes when we get stories in and uh, they, we need to strengthen the stories by having some spot illustrations or, or so, um, we need to have somebody who understands what the, what the uh, author is talking about. And I said, well, geez, you know, I can, I can do that. And so, so I started out with the virtual fly shop doing uh, illustrations. And then they said, well, do, do you know how to tie flies? And I said, well, yeah, yeah, I like to, I like to tie flies. And, and so uh, uh, they said, well, would you tie some up for our, our archive of patterns? And so, yeah, I tied about 50 or so flies for them for their first uh, archive of patterns. And uh, um, and then they said, well, can you write? And I said, well, I'm not a really a good writer, you know. And, uh, and uh, they said, well, let's give it a try. And so, uh, you know, I dabbled a little bit in the, in the writing. And um the the short end of it is that uh, Virtual Fly Shop was was purchased by uh, Fly Fisherman Magazine, and so Ross Ross went uh, to to Pennsylvania, and uh, uh, I got to tag along and uh, uh, got to be involved with uh, Fly Fisherman Magazine, doing the same sort of thing, uh, you know, doing um, illustrations, and then I started targeting. Um, the fly tying bench uh, with some of the patterns that I, I, I designed. And so I would write articles for the fly tying bench. And then I, I started um, dabbling and writing some major articles. And my, my first real major piece was uh, uh, writing about uh, midge fishing on the San Juan River and, uh, and about uh, uh, tying some of the patterns down on, on the river there. And so so that um, so, so that was that was my foray in, in, into writing, and then uh, Jay Nichols was one of the editors for Fly Fisherman uh, Magazine. I started a company called Headwaters, and he called me and said, "Hey, would you like to? Would you be interested in writing a book?" And I said, "Writing a book? Yeah, that that would be cool." And so uh, the the, uh, the first book I wrote about was uh, midges because I had done that article for Fly Fisherman on midges right. that seemed to be a natural natural uh topic and uh i said well you know i know a little bit about midges you know when i first started fishing midges i didn't know what, very much about midges i thought midges were just you know tinier uh uh, uh flies tied from regular patterns you know yeah you know but just tied smaller i didn't realize that it was an insect and all that so i i, I I made it. I made it. I went down to the San Juan River. My wife is from Durango, and uh, I got to. Uh, I got to go down and fish in San Juan, and and I really struggled down there because um, uh, the midges that I was tying were way too large, and uh, so I I decided I'm going to learn how to do this, and uh, and and I studied it, and I wrote down copious notes about what I found, and, and you know was collecting insects and collecting patterns and. And so I knew something about midges, and so I, we thought maybe that'd be the first thing that we a book we could do is, is on midges. And uh, you know, most most 
um, uh, publications uh, up to that date had, uh, you know, fly time books had had sections with midges in it, but not covered real extensively. And so we thought, oh, maybe this would be good. And I said, well, I'm gonna, I know quite a, quite a few patterns that we could put in there. And then I, you know, I had friends down there who were guides, and and I thought, oh wow, you know, I could. Uh, I could tap some of their expertise, guys like uh, Jude Duran and Bubba Smith, and uh, I, I would I would talk to them, and they would uh, they would graciously give me their patterns, and I started collecting patterns. Before you know it, I had over a thousand fifty patterns mm-hmm. collected, and and <laughs> my publisher said, "Well, you got to stop collecting patterns. You got to write a book here." So, so so we did. We we uh, I, I wrote the book, and I asked. Uh, a friend of mine, Jerry Huckup, to uh, to help with the book, and he helped with two of the books. Uh, uh, Modern uh, Trust uh, Trust was our second book, and Modern Midges was our first book, and uh, and uh, and uh, he uh, uh, he helped me out with uh, doing some of the editing with with, with that, and uh, um, and so um, you know I I wanted to show you know this little tiny insect, this midge, and look what how people have. Uh, have uh, represented this this insect, and so I started, you know, having been with Fly Fisherman magazine, it gave me a little bit of in with some of these really well known uh, fly tires and fly fishermen, and I said, geez, I wonder if they would be willing. And so I took a gamble, and and all those guys are they're wonderful. They're they're willing to help you out. And I said, oh, I can't pay you for the flies. He said, No problem. We'll just we'll just help you out. You know, how, how can we help you out? And, and, um, and so the, our, our first, uh, book, uh, came out modern midges and, and it had nearly a thousand, uh, midge patterns from the whole life cycle of the midges. And then we, we decided, uh, we decided that I'd like to have a section on how to fish these midges because I sure struggled when I first started yeah. fishing midges, uh, and, um, and tried to impart some of that information uh, to, to the readers, and uh, um, you know, I have a background in, in education. I was a, a, an art teacher uh, for my for my career, and um, uh, I just love you know teaching people and sh- and showing them how to tie flies, and you know how to break the task down of, of tying the flies, and how to break the task down of of how to fish these flies, and so uh, that that's represented in the book and. And then on our uh, second book on on terrestrials, um, um, my uh, friend uh, Bubba Smith, who's a guy down in San Juan, says, you know, sometimes if you ever get a chance to write another book, you gotta you gotta do one on terrestrials and show how how it has advanced. And I said, you know, that's a great idea. And so when Jay Nichols from uh, Headwater um, Books said, hey, you ready to write another book? Uh, and, and I said, yeah. And you know, and, and this is, should be the the, the topic. And uh, he said, great. And so, so we uh, we uh, set up to uh, venture out and, and collect some more fly patterns from from around the world. And you know, I got probably over 500 terrestrial patterns in in, in there. And uh, uh, so that was really fun. And you know, of course. It was quite a jump fishing from just to uh, terrestrials. It was much easier as I got older to to, to see the terrestrials on the water. But uh, but that, that book is is uh, has been a representation too again of what people have, have done to uh, to imitate these uh, these insects, these land-born insects. And then uh, 
And then I got to write a, a book about uh, the, my latest book. It's called The Fly Tying Artist. And it's uh, about um, about the patterns that I like to tie. I'm a, I'm a fly designer for uh, Umpqua uh, Feather Merchants, uh, one of their signature tires. And, uh, you know, I'm on the pro staff of like Whiting Farms. And so, you know, a lot of those those things have really helped me um, uh, design flies and, and to tie flies with all those materials. And I've just been fortunate enough to, to get on a number of other uh, pro, pro staffs uh, that, that help um, that help promote. I try to help promote their product, but they also give me product to, to tie flies with. And, yeah. and that's what really keeps me going because, you know, like Semper Fly, a flyman, right. uh, you know, Canadian Llama, um you know, uh, Solar Res, all, all of those, all those companies. I'm very fortunate to to be on their pro staff. When did you start um, getting on the the pro staff? Um, did that kind of was that slowly over time where you got on these companies? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was slowly over over time, and then, uh, uh, you know, I started reading about some of the different products, and uh, I would contact them and say, "Well, can I get some of this to to tie with and see what your products are like?" and um, and it's, it's been, uh, you know, it's grown, grown from there. So I, you know, I, uh, yeah. uh, since I, I have a little bit of a reputation, it's, it, I can say, well, geez, do you have a pro staff, you know, cause if, uh, if I can, if I can show other people how to use their products, I'm, I'm more than willing to, uh, to, to do that, to, to help anyone out right. with their time products and. It, does it, oh, they're 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 great part products, yeah. So does um, I wanted to jump into a little bit. You mentioned uh, terrestrials and and you know right. some of that, and um, and actually, and so you've done a lot of uh, teaching. It sounds like, and have you done more teaching beginners how to fly tie? Is that what you've kind of focused on? Or well, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I um, uh, in our our town here, uh, a friend of mine, Steve Solano. Uh, had a fly shop called Rocky Mountain Fly Shop, and and he gave me my first opportunity to teach fly tying, and I really do enjoy teaching fly tying, and so you know when I have the opportunity to teach fly tying, I, I will do that, and uh, um, I like to teach people how to uh, how to tie the flies, and um, you know I have a, a little course that I put together that has sixteen flies in it. Is this four a course? Of, is this a course time. that's on? Um... Uh, like a uh, a book or what's the course? What, what's the format? Uh, the 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 format is uh, we're going to tie uh, um, sixteen flies that are start with a very simple. But I, the very first thing I, I tie is a thread midge um, uh, pupa, which is this thread on a hook. Yep. You know, and, and we go from there to to tie more complicated uh, patterns, and um, it, it's 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 to teach the person a kind of the the intricacies of handling the materials and, and proportions and what materials to use and how to tie effective patterns for our region around here, you know, uh, yeah. and, um, uh, and, and then they can go out and start, uh, and start tying and practicing. And I tell them that, that the key is that they've got to practice. If they just take a course and stop and they don't tie, yeah. then they, they start to lose their, their skills. So, so, so that's that's what I try to do. And then I have a little booklet that I illustrated that I give at the end. You have a little yeah. booklet. Is that something that you can find online anywhere, or is that you you have to take your course? To? Oh no, that's just that's just something I I put together yeah. for for my students. Uh, because what I, I ask them to do is not I don't give them the book at the beginning. 
because what I what I found through uh, through my experience of thirty years of teaching fly tying is that uh, sometimes they'll, they'll start reading the book and try to try yeah. to go ahead yeah. or not pay attention to right. what you're doing. And what you are may the si- miss something. Yeah. What are the um, What are the sixteen flies, or what are the maybe the the first? You start with the the midge, and then what's the next oh, next one? Oh yeah, then then uh, I, I, some of the flies that will tie you are definitely a, a woolly booger. Uh, I, I teach them how to tie um, um, the life cycle of the midge, so I'll teach them how to tie uh, a midge pupas. Uh, I'll teach them how to tie uh, things like a Griffiths gnat, um, uh, dry flies, different types of, of dry flies, yeah. uh, nymphs. So, you know, we tie gold rib hairs or pheasant tail nymph. You know, I, tie, I teach them how to tie a stone fly nymph, a simple stone fly nymph, uh, how to tie uh, uh, one of my patterns that I've designed is called a go-to nymph, and I teach them how to tie that. It's real real simple. But my style of tying is based on a Japanese aesthetic philosophy. It's called shibui. And shibui means simple, elegant, so... When I tie, I, I, my flies are fairly simple. I don't try to make really, really complicated flies, although I can. But I try to tend to be a little bit more simplistic in my approach to, uh, to tying. And so that's what I impart to my, my students. And what's, what's really gratifying is just like being a teacher to see your, your students go out and, uh, and, and really embrace what you've taught them. And, and I have several, several students now who are, uh, uh, demonstration fly tires. Now they, uh, you know, they, they've gone out and uh, uh, they, they get on the circuit and, and do a demonstration fly tying, or or they'll they'll write me about some of the flies that that they've tied and and they they fished and and so it's uh, it's it's really it's really uh, gratifying to to see that they uh, take up this, uh, this yeah uh, 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 hobby and of of tying who's flies. The, uh, do you have a name of somebody by demonstration? You mean somebody who's kind of. Uh a pro fly tire and what do you mean by exactly demonstration fly tying? Well, well, demonstration fly tying, what I'm talking about that is that um, like a lot of uh, fly shops in our region here and and across the United States uh, will have on on weekends fly tires come in and demonstrate how they tie their flies. Oh, okay. And, and so, and so I, I like to do a demonstration fly tie. I like to go and show people the flies that I, I, I tie. And, um, uh, you know, like there's uh, a shows I'm getting, I'm preparing to, uh, to tie for the, uh, international flight tech or dealer show coming up uh, next week in Denver. Oh, it's, uh, it's for, back uh, in Denver. for IFTD. Yeah. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll see you there. Yeah. I'll see you there next week. Oh, good. Be sure to come by. I'm, I'm going to be, uh, I've been asked by Whiting Farms to, uh, to to do a couple of hours of uh, of time there. Oh, okay, awesome. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll put I put everything together. Yeah, I'm I'm getting all ready. A friend of mine's coming in from Japan. Uh, uh, and he's really excited about going to the show. And oh, cool. I, do you still uh, have a connection? Um, it sounds like you have some Japanese in your background, even though as you mentioned, you yeah. you, you thought you were a uh, Italian, right, early on. But oh well, yeah, yeah, I'm Japanese. Yeah. Do you still uh, have a, a, a solid connection? I mean, has that always been a, a strong connection the, to Japan? Well, you, you know, um, yeah, m- most of my family, I do have some relatives in Japan. Uh, I I, uh, I don't speak Japanese, so I feel really. Uncomfortable being around them because I can't understand what they're oh, saying. Right, right. Yep. <laughs> you know, Do your parents I, and, speak and Japanese. I talk to, 
Uh, yes, my parents spoke Japanese. Yes, uh, but we, you know, uh, we didn't learn Japanese primarily because after the war, you know. Uh, oh right. Um, um, uh, the, the, the situation that they thought it was better for us to really, uh, you know, learn English, sure, and, sure. Uh, and 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 that that's what we did. But I do have a few. I have one few. I've got one friend, uh, Takashi Nakajima from uh, from Japan. He used to. He used to be a representative uh, with CNF, and now he's he's repping other other products in Japan. And so he likes to come over, and uh, and and we on occasion we get the fish, and it's just he's just a marvelous fisherman. And uh, uh, and uh, and so that, that's my my one connection in in, in Japan. Uh, and uh, uh, so he's he's coming. In fact, I'm gonna go pick him up in a couple of days here, if he can get out of Japan because they're. There's a hurricane headed oh, wow. for Japan, Holy and cow. so, so yeah, so he's kind of worried about whether he'll be able to to come out or not. But hopefully, maybe we'll be able to to fish. But he's he's a he's a great great fly fisherman, and I just I just learned so much from him. Yeah, that's cool. Um, that's but cool. Uh, well, yeah, what is um, the um. Well, there, there's definitely. I have a few questions from the Facebook group. I wanted to throw throw it at you here in a little bit, sure. but uh, maybe we just um, kind of bring it into terrestrials a little bit. And I mean, obviously, sure. terrestrials. I think a lot of people maybe there's some confusion on what is a terrestrial and all that stuff. But you, you've talked about that before on some other shows. I'll leave links in the show notes. Um, you know, I think you've been on uh, Ask About Fly Fishing, uh, where you actually talked about oh, terrestrials yeah. as well. So um, I'll, I'll leave a link to that show. We won't go in depth there, but. Can you just briefly talk about, um, you know, maybe the the most important terrestrials to, that people should be using? And does it really vary whether you're in Denver or other uh, parts of the country? Oh no, no, you know, ter- terrestrials are, are are worldwide, and so, um, you know, uh, terrestrials are, are just simply land-borne insects instead of insects that that come from an aquatic environment. You know, like say a caddisfly or stonefly. You know, these are insects like ants, beetles, um, um, mice, butterflies, uh, th- those types of insects that, that uh, crickets that... that so terrestrial, are, uh, not just terrestrial aquatic insects, but terrestrial um, uh, mammals. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, like fishing mice. Oh, man, you know. Up in Alaska and around here, sometimes it's a it's not it's a good idea to, to fish a mouse, you know, in the early morning or at night, you know. But uh, but terrestrial patterns are those insects that are born on on land. They're, they're not they're not born in in the water environment, and 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 happen to uh, because of you know wind conditions or whatever get into the into the water. And um, uh, you know terrestrial. Uh, Oftentimes, it represents a large uh, amount of, of food intake, and so uh, fish. Uh, you know, I, I think trout are opportunistic, or other fish are opportunistic, and and if if uh, if they have the opportunity to to ingest one of these large uh, insects, it's 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 really good for their caloric intake. So, okay. um, so uh, I, I think they're really they're really important, and, and the ones that I concentrate on. Mostly for my fishing, really is is I, I like grasshoppers. Okay, I like I like fishing grasshoppers. You know, when I was that young kid in the Boy Scouts, I would take grasshoppers and 
and I'd ca- catch it and then throw them in the water uh, in yep. the South Platte River and watch them float down, and all of a sudden a fish would come up and grab uh, them. <laughs> have you ever tied wow. a? Wow! Uh, have you ever tied a? Uh, I had this question from the Fred Haney in the Facebook group. He, this is exactly what he was looking at. He had a video he posted with a exact imitation of a grasshopper. Do you have any thoughts on like the realistics versus just uh, you know kind of your the other types of um, you know terrestrials you could tell? Yeah. Well, just just from my own 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 perspective is, is the fact that uh, in my fly tank, I, I consider my flies to be more impressionistic than realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and the reason being is that I really marvel at the craftsmanship of a realistic fly tire and and how uh, how they can make their 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 flies look exactly like the real right. the real thing. So there's no benefit um, really to doing that. Well, uh, well, yeah, I, I think there's benefit, uh, you know, for the fly tire for the for the artistic part. But what I find is that um, uh, I I try to make uh, make my flies so much simpler to to, to tie and be more and uh, give the impression of the living insect, uh, and uh, uh, they're much easier to to, to tie. Uh, I sometimes find um, this just is my my own observations that. Uh, some of the real realistic, you know, you think they're going to walk off, you know, but sometimes when when uh, I've tried fishing them, they seem to be too stiff. Too stiff. They, yeah, there's no action. movement. Yeah. Yeah, and so I, I I hope that that when I tie a fly and fish it, that it has it gives a little bit of the impression of movement and gives a little bit of the impression of what the insect looks like and. And, and some of the flies I've tied, and I said, "This is a grasshopper." People go, "Really? That's a grasshopper?" Yeah, you know. But just a little uh, bit of foam I'm and... just trying to give the yeah, yeah, the impression. I, you know, I, I had a friend, uh, uh, Gary LaFontaine, who was really good at, at doing you know impressionistic sorts of things, not exact copies, but to give the impression impression of that insect. Yeah. And um um boy what what a loss to, to a lost Gary. But well, what what, uh, what was, made Gary um you know, I've heard we've talked about Gary a little bit on this show. I mean how how far he was ahead of his time and everything. What what um you know what did you learn from Gary? Well the the things that I learned from from Gary is that well he did a lot of underwater study and looked at the insects and the flies as they're 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 presented in the water. And and he noticed he noticed some things about the live insects, and that's what he tried to incorporate into his into his patterns. You, you know, maybe the simulation of air bubbles on the body of an insect, right. you know, uh, or the halo. Uh, and, and so he he didn't tie his flies to look exactly like the insect, but more of the impression of what the insect looks like in the water. And that's what I I, I mm. took from him. What was, you know, one, of, um, what is, was one of Gary's um, big books? What do you think is his most, uh, maybe his document? That oh, I, I think one. I think one of one of the books that I have that I really enjoy reading, even today, going back and reading it, is his book on caddis. And um, uh, you know, his his book was uh, just just monumental in 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 the fact that he was he was tying these uh, more impressionistic type of flies, in my view. Um, and uh, uh, you know he he did a lot of lecturing, a lot of demonstration, a lot of guiding, and things like that. And and uh, his was one of, one of the 
one of the only fly tying classes I ever took was one of his classes, and that's where, that's when we became friends. And yeah. and uh, you know uh, uh, what a great guy he was. He was going to he was going to publish the uh, you know my my first book and, until he got really sick and then unfortunately died of ALS. But oh. but uh, yeah, that that was that was a that was a sad day. But um, um, hmm. but I, I you know I learned a lot uh, about. Um, you know, uh, doing fly tying demonstrations, how to present yourself, you know, and, uh, um, how to be prepared and, and, and things like that. Right. So, yep. so I, I learned, I learned a great deal. Cool. From cool. What, um, you were mentioning, um, I had another question here from, uh, Sam Swinton in the group. Um, and he was wondering what your go-to pattern is, um, that, uh, that kind of mimics lots of different terrestrials and then maybe something that's simple to tie. Is, is there anything out there that's kind of more like talking about in, impressionistic? Is there anything that uh, represents well, multiple? Well, you, you know what? Uh, I'll tell you, one of my favorite flies to tie and, um, uh, is uh, my, uh, my version of, uh, of um, the, the Latorte Hopper. And uh, I... I feel that uh, Ed Schenck, who designed that fly, was just a genius in the, in the simplicity of the fly that he tied. Although uh, I, I decided to modify it to meet my own needs, I wanted to have, you know, for, for, to, to give you an example, um, uh, his his fly, I, I believe when I first found out about the how to tie, and that's the first dry fly I ever fished, was, was his fly, and had been doing so for the past, you know, 50, 60 years, you know, is that, uh, the body was tied with, the with, with rabbit fur, uh, you know, yellow. And, and I, I replaced that with a tie and I like to use fly, right? Which is a, a dubbing out of Michigan in mm-hmm. a, a golden, um, yellow. And so I tie that for the, the body and then for the wing, <clears throat> excuse me, he used model oak turkey and um and it's beautiful it, it was expensive but it was beautiful but what i found is when i'm fishing it and i would catch fish that the fly the wind would disintegrate <clears throat> and excuse me i i find that that the silhouette of the wing i think is maybe one of the trigger points so what i like so what i use now is i use a river roads creation uh, model wing material and i use one of their wing cutters and cut out these these little wings for the uh, for the the uh, the wing portion of, of the fly is that synthetic? Ah, uh, yes, it's a yeah, it's a synthetic material. So you can tell your 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 uh, your uh, readers there to uh, to look up River Roads Creation and their model wing material. I'll, I'll, and uh, I'll, I'll put a link in the uh, show notes to th- that material and any other links that we talk about so people could check it out and go directly. Is it look oh, like that? Is another good question that comes up a lot. The you know, the difference between synthetics and naturals. What, what do you recommend when you're tying uh, terrestrials? What, do you typically use a lot of both or one or the other? Uh, you know what? I'll use whatever I, I can. You know, uh, I know there's some traditionists who only want to tie with natural materials, but I'll, I'll tell you what, with the advent of a lot of the synthetic materials, I, I think that they just add a boom to and, and effectiveness, the efficacy of the fly by using some of these materials, such as River Roads Creations, uh, you know, their their uh, uh, river wing material, their model wing material. They have a river wing material, which is made out of foam that helps the that's fly. That's what I say. Do, do you guys typically, better? do you typically use, that's what uh, Paul uh, Ruse was saying here, do you typically use, um, 
you know, foam, you know, for hoppers and things like that more for a hopper. Would oh, you use oh more yeah. Synthetic? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I use a lot of foam and in, in, in a lot of the other patterns, uh, my hopper patterns that I tie, you know, I use one millimeter thin foam and cut it in strips and wrap it uh, for the abdomen. It, you know, it gives that segmented abdomen it floats well. Um, but to get back to the, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the little short yeah. hopper, I, I just, I, I use that that um, that synthetic wing and um, I position it on top so that when you're looking at the fly from underneath, you see that wing out, outline. And then I use a nature spirit uh, deer hair, you know, like mule deer hair, mm-hmm. uh, for the uh, for the the top wing uh, and, and the head of the fly. And uh, that's uh, a friend of mine um, uh, named it the Taka Hopper. Okay, and it's it's been. It's been, you know, if I only had one dry fly to fish during the summer, it would be that one because I've caught so many fish with it. Huh. In fact, this, this friend of mine coming from Japan, um, he was here several years ago when when the uh, show, was, the IFTD was in Denver. Uh, and uh, uh, we went fishing in, in two days on the rivers near my hometown. He caught over 90 fish, which is using my, my little taka hopper. Wow. And, uh, uh you know, I just, um, uh, he says, oh, th- this is a good fly. What you size know? do you and, like uh, to use? I, I typically tie, um, you know, from 12 down to 16 Okay. on that. Yep. And I can tie it larger. I can tie it larger for it to represent a grasshopper. So, you know, so I can go up as, you know, like 10, you know, uh, 12 for the, for uh, a hopper. But I use it a lot of times, actually, to, to mimic a, a, a caddis, you know. So I'm trying to cover all the bases, a grasshopper, caddis, you know, the, yeah. something that looks alive in the water. And um, by golly, I've, I, you know, when I was guiding, um, if my clients were having a trouble in the summer catching fish, I, I'd put on the, uh, you know, my little uh, taka hopper. And, and they would, <laughs> well, yeah, and so, they would and have them fishing right next to the bank and, you know, uh, yeah. it, it, it was really effective. That's cool. So you, you've done some guiding. It sounds like, I mean, is that something that you were, uh, you did a lot of, uh, or do you still guide? Well, you know, I, I, I did some guiding. I, um, I, um, I, I prefer to teach people fly fishing than guiding. Um, and I think one of the, the main reasons is that, um, a lot of times with the guiding, the, the expectation of the customers is sometimes that, uh, they um, they will catch a lot of fish, and and sometimes the, the person you're guiding maybe has not ever fly fished before, and so you got to try to get them into fish with and to learn how to cast and do all that stuff, uh, you know. And, and I I think that's that's kind of uh, tough tough to do. Did puts you feel a lot like of pressure it was a lot of, You feel like there was pressure when you were guiding. Lots of lots of. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know a lot of times I found when I was guiding is that. The shop owner got the majority of the money, and you got a little bit for the guiding. And I'm going, wow, yeah, you know. Uh, and so, what you re- re- uh, relied on was uh, for your customer to have a good experience. And I try to give them the very best experience that they, they they could have. But sometimes it didn't result in them catching great numbers of fish, and, and so sometimes they were kind of reluctant to uh, to give you a, a, a better tip. You know, that that's what you you relied on was, was a tip was, right. was more of, of what you're going to get paid. Um, yeah. but I, I, you know, I, I, I enjoy, I'd rather just take someone out and show them, you know, 
take them fishing than, than to have to guide them and have them uh, pay me. But I do really enjoy teaching people how to fly fish. And the, you know, yeah. I, and I tell them that the expectations that they may not catch fish, but I want to show them everything that they need to know how to read the water, the entomology, and, and all of that, uh, and, and casting techniques and so, where where the fish might be. And uh, you know, it, always when I was on a uh, on a um, uh, teaching the fly fishing trip, uh, that they always caught fish. You know, so that was so that was always a good outcome for them. Gotcha. Was the uh, teaching, but I, I and was the teaching yeah, thing the, just the, a a non paid sort of session or, or well, no, well, I, no, I got I got paid for for teaching uh, teaching them how to fly fish. You know, uh, and and I still help friends. You know, who want to learn how to do it fly fish, they don't have to pay me. I just like to take them out and teach them. Yeah, but it's it's that aspect of the teaching that I think really. You know, I love to be a teacher, and yeah. and so that's just an, another outcome of of um, uh, of my teaching experiences is to take yep. it to the water and and show people how gotcha. to fish. No, it's um, interesting. I, I, but, it's an interesting uh, story because we've I've interviewed a bunch of guides on this show over the the you know the years here now, and and one of the things that keeps coming up because I guided as well and struggled just like you with that uh expectation thing but that's that's the thing that I'm hearing a lot is that you've got to be able to right up front balance the expectation and and I do we do a lot of steelhead fishing down here and talk about oh. talk about expectation you know these people might not even touch a fish all day and the the oh, important thing yeah. there is to let them know you know to balance that ex- expectation that the, but they're going to learn a lot more on that trip I mean did you ever think about Going in, like you had a day job, but did you ever think about making fly fishing and tying your your full time income in your life? Uh, no, because I, I think the one of the reasons is that I, uh, I, I, in my experience, I, I found that sometimes you take a hobby and something that you love to do, and you make it into uh, your major source of income, and that that you um, you lose it. You know that you're you're forced to 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 do that. Maybe maybe it's not something that you really feel comfortable in, in doing. Whereas my fly time is this is just fun, and and yeah, I can make some money at this. You know, I mean, I've written books. I, you know, I I make money as a as a instructor. When I go out and do presentations, I can make money. Mm-hmm. You know, doing presentations on midge fly fishing or, or terrestrial fly fishing. Um, I, I've done several presentations uh, uh, you know around the united states um uh, and uh i can make money that way and and that's uh, that's all nice you know uh, to, to be able to, to to do that but it's uh, the greater joy is, is spreading is spreading this um this wonderful sport with other people you know and uh if you can get paid for it that's that, that's great too you know like being a fly designer for uncle I, I you know i i get a little bit of royalties for writing this book, I get a little bit of royalties. It's it's, it's not it's not huge, yeah. but it you know it's better than a, a that, poke in the eye. Exactly. That was the question. I can't remember. I'll put a link in the show notes if I remember the guest. But a while back, I interviewed a guest, and um, you know, it was on the same topic. You know, I, I I this is interesting to me because I love to hear it. I think there's a big struggle with people. Some people have gone all in and you know made a business, a life out of fly fishing, and some a lot of people do it on the side. But I asked him that question. I said, "Hey, do you, um, you know, what if you didn't get paid at all for doing bo- your books and stuff like that? Would you still do it? You know, and, yeah, and that's I would have, and that's it, right? So, what, if that question was to you, would you still do it? 
Well, you know, I, um, writing the book, I, I never thought in my wildest imagination that I, I would write a book. No, no kidding. You know, and, and let alone being it in, in the fly fishing industry. I mean, that's really an honor. Was Jay Nichols the Pardon reason me? why? Was Jay Nichols the reason why you uh, first had the idea to write a book? Um, uh, Ross Pernell and Jay Nichols. Okay. Were, were the first, first two guys. Jay Nichols is, was the, when he left fly fishermen and opened up his, his company, uh, headwater books. Um, and he was the first one to, to, to say, um, you know, would you be interested in writing the books for fly fisherman magazine with Ross? I, I wrote several articles, oh, okay. you know, on, on fly tying and, and fly fishing. And so, that was that was really fun, and uh, I just wanted to, to to say something too. You know, the um, on the guiding aspects, I, I really respect guides a, a lot. They they have a, a hard job to, yep. to, to to do, and and they have to have a a lot of love for them. But some of the some of my friends who were guides, one thing I noticed about them is that they were also teachers. So not only were they guiding, but they were showing people how to fish, you yeah. know, how to fish successfully, and and. Uh, yeah, and and they were they were excellent teachers. So I learned a lot from 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 them. I I, I think guiding is a is a hard job. You know, you know, a lot of people think it's really glamorous, but no. you know, once once you get right down to it, man, it's hard work. <laughs> it is. You got to you know, you got to not only take care of your equipment, and you got to oh, yeah. you know um, take care of your equipment at the end of a trip. You got to plan for the next one. If you have flies that you need to tie, you got to tie flies for the next trip. You know, it's, it's yes, hard yes. work. It's, it's, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not easy work to do at all. And so I'm kind of lazy, so I know. I'd rather, you know, not have to I, do that. So I, I hear you. Yeah. I, I, in the guiding I did, I remember, I mean, I did some of the stuff where, you know, not only all the stuff you're talking about, but I was setting up camp. I was cooking food, you know, I mean, I pretty much was doing like a, a four day river trip and it kind of do it at all in retrospect. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So in retrospect, you see a lot of the, you know, the good, the good companies now they have, you know, bag boats and people, you know, setting things up. I mean, I, there was a point where when I was getting, yeah. I did all of it and it was just like, it was such, it was such a, 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 a you know, kind of a burnout thing. It's, it's tough, but I, I, I'm with you, man. Guides are, I think it's one of the toughest jobs pretty much in the world. I think in in our industry that's a really tough job, and and I I, I tell people I said well they say well do you guide and I said no I don't guide anymore because I got lost once, and so uh, they said oh, well you're not going to take one out anymore. Did so, you roll? You got you lost. Know, so, no, I didn't. I just say that that's that's why that's why they I, they say well why don't you guide and I said well I got lost. Oh right once. right. So it's just kind you. of a it's just kind of a joke. I, I if you get to know me and I I hope you. I hope we can we can meet uh, yeah. our paths across sure. uh, in the future. Is that I, I do like to have a lot of fun, so I, I'm I'm kind of a jokester too. Yeah, yeah. So I I have great fun with my friends. I've got some great yeah. friends, and we're we're joking all the time, and they're always commenting about my ineptness as a as a fisherman. So yeah, you know, so it's 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 all in in in, in good fun, but I. Uh, I, I just derive a whole bunch of joy out of, uh, out of fishing and talking about fishing and, and showing people and, um, and, uh, uh, you know, designing flies. I, you know, every day I'm, I'm down tying flies 
you know, uh, um, and uh, thinking, oh, here's the material. You know, I, I, I'll go to the I'll go to the dollar store and I'll look for stuff. That's, I wonder if I could tie a fly out of this. You know, what's the best uh, dollar store? Mater- bag- what's the best dollar store material you've ever you've ever found? Oh my God, there's 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 quite a few. Um, what about for terrestrials? Uh, Anything uh, come to uh, mind? Oftentimes for- in, in the it, you know, in the children's section, they'll, they'll have dolls and things like that. And oh, yeah. they, they have these fake these fake wigs, uh, you know, that kids could yep. put on. Yep. You know, and I took and it's, I looked at those and I said, "Ooh, that that fiber there. If I cut it shorter, I can make those look like legs on a on a nymph." So, so Rick, you know? I got a question so, for you. Have you ever taken one of those yeah. wigs and put it on your head just to see what it looks like? But I'll uh, be yes, honest. I have. Be, be honest. Yeah, I, I <laughs> look stunning. Nice. All right. Do you, do you have kids, by yeah. the way? Yes, I do. Okay, good. That 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 explains a little. I was just thinking of myself doing it. Yeah, it makes. Okay, so so the wig. So uh, what do you use that for? Uh, well, so what I was using it for is like um, uh, like a friend of mine down in San Juan. Bear Bear Good ties uh, his his uh, bear's betas. If you ever looked that up, it's okay. a, it's a great little betas pattern, and he uses. Um, Uses uh, um, uh, you know some uh, uh, these um, like uh, uh, fibers, real fine fibers oh, yeah. for for his tailing and for the back and for the the wing case and the legs. Yep. And so you know, I, I was eating a bag of Cheetos and having a look on the inside, and it was silver. And so I thought, oh, so I I cut it out, washed it, and then I cut it into strips, and I used it as ribbing on a coronament. You know, uh, and uh, and and it worked. And so, you know, it's just really fun to to um, to to see if I can take a material and um, and make it into a fly. Now, I got a bunch of materials that I have that, uh, you know, it was kind of a waste. I couldn't figure out anything to really do with it, you know, that I thought was re- real successful. But it, I still keep looking. You know, you, I'll yeah. find foam. I'll find little containers. Just just a lot of different doodads. And so, um, you know, I, I've got a couple of friends. One of my photographers, uh, Mark Tracy, and um, uh, was a great guy to go to the, the dollar store and, and find find materials. And that's what, that's what got me going into the places. He goes, hey, look at this. And I go, oh, wow. Maybe I can tie a fly. With that. There you go. So, you should, uh, yeah. maybe that's your yeah. next book, a uh, book with all dollar store materials. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That'd be tough. Yeah, boy. I, yeah, that that would that would that would be a, a major undertaking. How do you keep yeah. your? You know, can you describe? Maybe you know, we talked a little bit about terrestrials. Can you just describe your book, um, your your book on terrestrials to somebody who's never read it before, and talk about how you keep it from getting you know kind of boring? You know, it seems like some sometimes. I mean, obviously, you and me, you know, are people that are nerdy about it. They love that stuff. But do you, do you think can can books tend to get a little boring sometimes on tying? Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I think anything can, can get boring at, at times. Uh, the way that I, that I, I approach uh, terrestrials was um, to, um, to talk a, a little bit about why do you fish terrestrials, you know? And, uh, you know, one of the major reasons is, you know, for the survival of the, uh, the trout, sometimes they want to have these, these big meals, you know, because mm-hmm. a trout won't, or most fish won't probably go after something if if they have to expend more energy to yeah. capture the food than than it, than it gives them. And so, uh, you know, terrestrials are a, a great big, huge 
bite of uh, of protein for them. And so, um, uh, so, so that's 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 one of the reasons, you know, why I I, uh, I fish terrestrials and why I design terrestrials. And then what I did is that I um, uh, I I talk a little bit about the etymology in the book, so that so, so people have some a little bit more understanding. You know, I talk yeah. about grasshoppers, crickets, katydids, cicadas, leafhoppers, mm-hmm. beetles, ants, bees, wasps. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, uh, butterflies and moths, and and uh, I have a friend of mine who's an entomologist, uh, Robert Young Hayes, uh, out of uh, uh, Colorado Springs, who um, you know wrote a lot of stuff about um, uh, about the uh, entomology, um, you know, and and then I broke down the um, the uh, flies into uh, different types of, uh, of terrestrials, you know, like different types of hoppers, ants, beetles, moths. Spiders, um, uh, mice, um, you know, crickets, and, and all those different things. So I show examples of what other people how they interpreted, and you know, my goal was, you know, this could be just another fly tying recipe book with a whole bunch of patterns, and you know, who's going to look at it? But I tried to 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 think about you know the the fly tire who wants to uh, imitate uh, a certain pattern and well here's some examples of what people across the the world have have uh, have designed for their their terrestrials and try to show them examples of how creative these these people can be and and hopefully that that's going to stimulate the creativity of the of the tire gotcha. that they may go oh i like i like this part maybe i can incorporate this into my fly pattern and yeah. and then um so you type yeah, wise, it, do, it, do you show the recipes and uh, like step by step in the in the modern terrestrial book? Well, what, what I do in in the uh, yeah, what I do is I, I've uh, uh, Jay uh, photographed all of the flies that I submitted, so you have an example of the fly, and then then um, 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 uh, then it has the recipe, it has a hook, the thread, the, what the body's made of, the ribbing, you know, the wings, the back. You know, and all that so that the person, most people who tie flies, even though they haven't ever tied some of these patterns, most fly tires, I think, uh, once they've gained the experience of tying flies, can look at a fly, even though they've not tied it before, and they could they could start replicating that, you know, fairly easy instead of having to give them a, a, a step-by-step. And then what I do in my books is that, um, uh, uh, in all the books that I've done, is that I take uh, several flies and I do a step-by-step, uh, um, uh, illustration of, uh, uh with photographs of, okay. of the, uh, the time process. Yep. So they get an idea of, of what the process would be. And so that, that's what I do with all of my books. So, okay. so if they're tying an ant, I, sh- I show them how to tie several basic ants, you know, or yeah. several basic grasshoppers or things like so that and the material. What, what was your, yeah. um, what was your first, uh, book that you wrote? It was published. That was that the uh, the first first book was called Modern Midges. Okay, and out of the out of the yeah. books or the you know all the work you've done, you've you've written in you know and it sounds like magazines as well. Is there a uh, uh, an item that you're kind of most proud of? Oh, I I think I I, I think oh gosh, I guess I would be I'd be proud of all the books because I yeah. I find that writing is hard to do. It doesn't come natural to me. Yeah, what is that, you know that, that, that's um, the same for me. I mean, writing has always been a, a struggle for me, and I think that um, part of it is I haven't put in enough time and done the work. But w- for you, why why do you think it it is has been a struggle? 
Well, uh, to, to be honest with you, um, is that, um, I, you know, I, I just wonder if I didn't have some learning disabilities, I, mm-hmm. it just seems like I could not, I could not grasp a grammar and, and I studied it as, as hard as I possibly can. How long did that, uh, you know, what, how long did that go for you? Like, did you, in your life before you felt like, all okay, my life, all, and are you still, all my str- life. Are you, do you still struggle with that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I, I, yeah, yeah, you know, because I don't, I don't understand grammar all that well. And so, um, but what I did with, with Ross and, um, uh, with Jane Nichols is that they also taught me how to write better. Oh, wow. And so, so my writing has, has improved, uh, uh, quite a bit, but you know, um, when I was in college, I minored in, I could have got a minor in, in freshman English because I, I didn't know it, a, a D was a passing grade. I just, I kept fighting, kept taking yep. it over, and I, all I get was Ds, you yep. know, and I should have probably just stopped there. But but um, one thing my parents taught us is that you don't give up. You just keep you just keep fighting, That's you know, awesome. you just never give up on things. You just keep going and, and try to do the best you can. And so that's, that's what I I tried to do, and yep. and you know when uh, y- you know I, I think the really tough times are in college and in graduate school. You know, yep. uh, having to, to write it takes me ten times longer to write because the way I write is I write as if I were just talking to you. Yeah. So I don't use I don't try to use big flowery words. No. I don't know those big flowery that's words. Great. I just try to communicate, just like if I were talking to you. That's how no. I write. And, and, and then what I I do is yeah. Go ahead. Going. Well, what I do is I'll put it away, and then I'll bring it back out and read it and see if it makes sense to me. And then when it starts to make sense to me, um, then 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 I then I'll submit it. Like on my fly tying artist, I put it away for uh, you know a month and then took it back out to read the the manuscript. And I'm going, who wrote this crap? You know, <laughs> and and so I, I I rewrote it so that it made more logical sense, at least to me. To, to my ear. And so, so, you know, I, uh, I, you know, I, I've got favorite, I got favorite art, uh, you know, uh, uh authors, you know, uh, Pat Dorsey here oh, yeah. from Colorado. He's one of yeah. my favorite, favorite author. I love reading what he writes, you know, and, yeah. um, uh, I, I, re- I really, I really like his books. And, and so, um, I wish I could write like him mm-hmm. and have the thought process, but, uh, you know, I just realized that well, this is the best I could do. So I'm gonna try to do the best I could do at what limited, you know, abilities I have. And so, so my my greatest, you know, my to me, my greatest accomplishment of these books is that, you know, that I, I that I was able to to write them. And um, one thing that I learned from Ross and from uh, from Jay is that they also have very good people who are proofreaders and can clean up some of the the mess that you make. That's right. You know, good, uh, good that, that I make. So, yeah, no, yeah. I, so, I hear you. That, so, I think that's such a cool. And I actually had Pat Dorsey on in a past episode. He was a great. Um, yeah, we dug into some of the Colorado fishing, but no, I think this is really cool. I mean, it sounds like you have a master's degree as well, and I think it's it's a it's a really cool story for anybody you know, that realizes, I mean, you, you've had this struggle and you, but even given that you've got a, these degrees, you've written three books. It, it just says like anybody can do it. Right. If you put, put enough effort. Well, yeah, yeah. You know what? It's, it's, um, don't, don't give up, you, yeah. you know, keep, keep fighting. You know, uh, that, that's one thing my parents, you know, the one thing that I remember most about my parents is that, you know, treat others with the kindness and respect 
and, yeah. and don't give up in difficult situations because like my parents were in the relocation camps you know oh, wow. and uh and that was a hard struggle for their families but they overcame it yeah you know by having a positive attitude and so so that's one thing that they they instilled in us you know they didn't talk about camp much no uh, at all to, to us but uh but uh, they did certainly right. instill the aspects of treating people well and, and to wow. keep, keep if you're having a struggle, keep fighting through it. And were know? these, the, uh, these and, were the camps where basically after the war, Japanese uh, people that were in the country, how did that work? What were the, where did the camps come from? Well, they, well my, it was my mother's side, the family... Uh, they were in California when the uh, when uh, the war broke out. Oh right! Um, they were all gathered together and uh, um, sent to these um, relocation camps. Uh, they call them relocation. Yeah, um, it was kind of like, probably like a, almost like camp. a prison. Yeah, almost like a prison, right? It, it it wasn't almost like a prison. It was a prison. It was a prison. And so, you know, yeah, yeah, they weren't, they weren't allowed to, to leave. In fact, one, one thing you ought to do a research on is you ought to read about the uh, Manzanar, uh, I think that Manzanar anglers, there was a group of, of, of uh, detainees in Manzanar and they would sneak out underneath the fence at night and go trout fishing. Oh my gosh. And then they'd sneak back in. And no so, way. So yeah, yeah, and so there's 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 that. I, I want to. I I recently found out about that, so I want to try to find it. Yeah, the, let me know the movie it, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. If, if you find some yeah, info, send send me, and I'll put a link in the in the notes here. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's um, it's a um, it's 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 a wonderful story, you know, of, of them loving their sport so much that they would risk, wow. you know, getting shot by sneaking out and going fishing, you know. Holy cow! But um, but uh, uh, so so after you know after after the the war you know uh, um, you know my my folks settled in, in Denver and uh, you know and my dad uh, uh, through various jobs decided he wanted to open up a restaurant. My my grandfather had a restaurant on Larmer Square for uh, people coming out of the relocation camps to have a meeting place oh, wow. uh, to, to, to try to find, you know, housing and employment and things like that. So yep. it, it, it was a struggle. It, it was a struggle for sure, you know, but, uh, but, but that's one thing that they, that they, they taught us is that not to give up and, and mm-hmm. to, you know, and, and, to, and to treat people well. And so I took that into my teaching, you know, that I, that was my philosophy. I was a, the, the department head and I, you know, I, that's what I told my, my teachers, you know, here, here's our, our, our philosophy for our department, treat people well yep. and, and treat them with kindness. And uh, our department just grew exponentially. And so cool. that was really great. And, you know, and I got my uh, master's degree in, in working with uh, um, uh, uh, developing disabled and physically handicapped children. So that's why I started out my teaching career is, 
is doing that and then then got to get into teaching art for the remainder of my career so i was really lucky i was really lucky so so doing the slide tying demonstrations and these presentations all that is just another extension of my teaching yeah Yeah. yeah. no i hear it this is cool this is cool rick i you know i'd love to dig in and hear more about you know your background your teaching we're we're kind of you know we're over an hour now so i'm hoping to maybe wrap this thing wrap this thing up here pretty quick um but do you have a little more time to do a little rapid fire round Sure. Okay, cool. Yeah, and I just noted, uh, I saw that Pat Dorsey, the episode I did, the, the title was Pat Dorsey, uh, Tailwater Fly Fishing, uh, Tiny Flies, Cheeseman Canyon. So yeah, we talked about, uh, we got into some of the small flies and stuff that Pat, I, I guess, oh, is yeah. known for. So that's a, that's episode 56. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. But um, yeah, let's just start this off. I always start off with the 222, which is, you know, your top two flies, top two tips, and top two resources. And it, I guess if we're thinking about terrestrials, do you have... Maybe you mentioned one, but do you have two flies that are kind of your go-to terrestrials? If you had to pick two, uh, yeah, uh, I have my um, my taka hoppers, my my one of my my, my favorite go-to patterns, and then I, I tie a little bullet head uh, uh, a grasshopper. And mm-hmm. uh, the reason I tie that is that a friend of mine, uh, uh, Tim England, who is one of the finest deer hair fly tires ever, oh, yeah. in my opinion, uh, 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 taught me. Uh, taught me this technique of using a big pin to create the bullet head and you could tie these real tight bullet heads so i've come up with my variation of, of a bullet head hopper you know those those are two of my uh favorite uh, uh terrestrial patterns to uh, cool. to tie I, I do fish a lot of beetles yeah. uh, and um, uh, uh, some san juan uh, large carpenter ants you know i find a uh, fish uh, like those uh, ants uh, you know uh um, uh, th- those are, uh, two of my, uh, yeah, my most okay. go-to patterns when good. I'm fishing. And yeah. what about, and you had a tip there, I think that's kind of the, using the, the big pin sort of thing. Are, are there a couple of tips like fly tying tips you would throw out there to maybe help somebody tie better terrestrials or, or, or anything in general you think of? Well, you, you know what I, I try to teach my, my students is that, that, uh, less is more, and so, uh, you know, not over, over, uh, dressing the fly, taking too many wraps, uh, yeah. of, of, of thread, uh, using as, as good a craftsmanship as you possibly can. I think as a, as an art teacher, I taught my students that craftsmanship was very important. So try to tie the fly as best you can. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that's a, that's a, a, a tip that I have. And then a tip of, of fishing some of these flies that I, that's, kind of non-typical is that i i oftentimes will fish my terrestrial patterns directly upstream and that goes against some of the laws of you know the the leader and the fly and the fly line coming over the fish first uh but um but i've had great success so what i do is i'll cast you know 15 20 feet upstream let it drift about uh, maybe three or four feet and then do a roll cast pickup and then throw the same distance Mm -hmm. cast right next to the the previous cast and just let it drift down and just work across the uh, uh, across the shallow areas past the seam into a little bit of uh, deeper water. I generally don't fish dry flies in real deep water because you know fish aren't going to travel that far to uh, to to, to uh, grab the, uh, the the insect unless it's something large like a hopper. Oh, yeah. you you know, or unless I see fish. Are, are you catching more? Suspended. Do you think right next to the bank as opposed to? Out? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I I'm catching a lot more next next to the bank, and 
And uh, in fact, I see a lot of times when people are fishing, they're standing right where the fish are and they're casting out to the deeper water. So that's why I developed that technique. And that was taught to me by uh, Don Johnson, who was my mentor, who taught me how to dry fly or to fish to catch trout. I, you know, I had all the equipment and I, I looked like a fly fisherman, but I couldn't catch any fish. And he taught me, I, this guy is phenomenal. He can, he can catch fish anywhere, and I've been all over the place with him. Huh. And he just he's just a fish catcher. And so he taught me a lot about, uh, about uh, fly tying, about art, uh, fish art, uh, about books and, and, and everything. And so, so, that, that's, so that's one of my, my to try fishing that, that uh, upstream approach. Um, and I wish I could simplify it down a little bit more for you, but oh, that's uh, right. no, that's, but, that's but I've great. had great, 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 great uh, yeah. success with that. Do, do you? Um, okay. Um, I was going to say, well, to finish off the two twenty-two, <clears throat> um, the two uh, the two resources. Do you have any? You know, obviously your books and stuff, but some resources that aren't your own. Maybe a book, magazine, video, anything else you'd recommend for terrestrials? Well, I I. Um, well, I, I really love uh, Fly Fisherman magazine. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm going to write an article, they're, they're the only ones that I would write for because they gave me my first shot, and, and I tend to be pretty loyal, loyal to them. Sure. Um, I, I think um, uh, there's a, there's a lot of great uh, um, uh, authors out there. It's it, the, the list is long. Yeah. You know, of, uh, you know, I think a really great basic fly tie book is Charlie Craven's Basic Fly Tie. Oh yeah, Charlie Craven. If a person, yeah, if a person were to read that from the first page to to the end and not skip in between, they'll be a pr- pretty proficient fly tire. I, I think his book is is really good. Um, I, I'm really uh, I, I like his work. I, I like uh, all of Pat Dorsey's books. Yeah, uh, Landon Mayer mm-hmm. um, is another uh, author that I really admire his 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 work and his writing and his fly tying and his guiding. Uh, he's 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 a good friend and and someone that I really uh, yep. I really look up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Landon is. Uh, I've had Those him. Are a couple- I've had him on the show as well. That's a cool thing. I I mentioned this a lot because it's pretty it's pretty cool. In fact, somebody even called me out. I think it was in a oh it was in a comment. I've had one of my uh, you know the cool the thing about it is right you get a lot of positive comments, but occasionally you get a negative comment. And one of them was that um, you know I, I think I do too many shout outs on the uh, on the show here to, to people that I have interviewed. But I think it's interesting because it, it lets That's me fine. Yeah, yeah lets me know I'm on the right track. You know what I mean? If you're talking about Landon Mayer and Pat Dorsey and I and I've already interviewed him, it, it makes makes me feel like okay I, i'm probably hitting the right people you know yeah yeah so, um, but yeah uh, but but yeah let's let's just uh, continue i'll wrap this up here i got some some random ones for you here um we i had rachel finn on in the past and we were talking about jokes and you said you're kind of a joking uh, person do you have a uh this is putting you on the spot for sure but a joke to, to tell here or are jokes even a thing anymore it seems like they, there was a lot more of the oh. you know you go to a bar and you know are, are they out there anymore well, yeah, this wasn't a bar, you know, you, you went into a bar, there's this old guy sitting at the bar and he's, uh, an older gentleman, you know, qu- quite a bit older and, and he's sitting there and he's just mumbling and he's crying and there's beer there. And I says, Hey, hey old Tommy, what's, what's wrong? And he says, Oh, he says, you know what? I, I just married this girl. She's 20 years old. She's beautiful. She's just wonderful. She loves, she loves me. She ties my flies and she, rose my boat and she 
cooks my fish and she's just wonderful. And he, I go, well, why are you crying? He goes, I forgot where I lived, you know, and <laughs> that's a you know, stupid thing. But, you, you know, I find I'm find I'm getting into that realm of, of being forgetful. Oh, yeah. You know, I, so, I, so that's the only fishing joke I have. That's that good. I, that's good. I, 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 I'd, I'd have to. I, I'm there as well. I'm there as well. Um, what about your vice? Uh, can you tell me uh, the vice you, you like to typically use? And then also maybe do you have a, a vice uh, that's more on the um, the other side of, of vices? Well, yeah, the vice that I'm, I'm, I, I do, a lot of my demonstration fly tying, a lot of it, so my, my personal fly tying is a, a vice that is designed by Kevin Evans, um, who is um, uh, a friend of mine. He was in my first two books, and he came out with this vice, and it's called the Force Predator Vice, and you can look it up. And okay. uh, uh, he's um, he's trying to he's struggling to get get it out on the marketplace. You know, he's trying to do it all himself, but it's a great vice. And then when I first looked at it, it, it looked pretty large and clunky. I you know I, I joke and tell him I said got to remind me of a car jack and I'm trying to tie with this but <laughs> when I tied with it, it, it to me it was very reminiscent of I like to collect vices and I have a law vice and it kind of reminded me of law vice okay and so um so I I, I like that vice I tie with that vice a, a lot um also tie with a CNF uh, reference vice and uh I, I I think that's a great vice to, to tie with and uh and then I, I also like a Renzetti vices yeah. too to, to, yeah. to tie within. Well, I've got all of them. I've got Regal, sure. you know, Xeron. You got them all. You know, HMA devices. I, I love tying on vices because they're, they're such beautiful works of art, you yeah. know, they're like sculptures to me. But yeah, so you, you play the guitar? Yeah, but not well, you know. And one, uh, one of those bucket list things that, that happened a couple of years ago is that when I was in high school, we started to you know, a, 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 a little band and actually oh, we nice. got to be pretty good. And ba- back in those days, uh, uh, most of the, uh, three, two joints around here, uh, hired bands. They didn't have jukeboxes, uh, didn't have DJs or things like that. So we got to play in a lot of, a lot of different, uh, venues here in, in, in Colorado. Wow. Um, you know, and, um, uh, and the, the band got pretty good, uh, I was never very talented, but but I was their friend. <laughs> they let yeah. me. I played blues harp, and I I, I was a, the lead singer. I can't sing now, oh, wow. you know. I, I sound horrible, and 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 I played the guitar. But we got together after fifty years. Our drummer had his class reunion, uh, his fiftieth class reunion, and we got together. And we came from all different parts of the United States, and yeah. we sat down and. We, played for a couple of hours oh, wow. we didn't even get to practice together we just had we just had a list of the songs that what key it was going to be played in uh, and we just started we just started just playing and it, and it was so much fun and some of the songs i couldn't remember i just grabbed yeah. the tambourine and beat on it you know but yeah. but i got i got to play the the the, the guitar and and uh, it, it was fun. I was huh. uh, not a very good guitarist. And did you guys but, cover? But I, did you, I did you play? Fun. Did you play songs like uh, popular songs on that? Uh, oh yeah, a lot of cover songs. You know, like what I would mean, be one? Started, what would be one you remember? Oh uh, well, yeah, we started off with um, uh, 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 Barbara Ann, you know, from the Beach Boys. Oh, Barbara you know? Ann. Yeah, that's I a mean, great we one. We did. We did. I mean, we did all kinds of fifties, sixties. Yeah. yeah, but uh, the, the band that I was in, we were. 
we evolved more into a a blues band. Yeah. You know, and so we were playing uh, Chicago and Delta Blues, you know, uh, Big Mama Thornton, Buddy Waters, you know, uh, Scrapper Blackwell, uh, you know, uh, Blind Faith, uh, Cream, uh, Love and Spoonfuls, you know, Beatles, uh, love the Beatles, you know, so we got... We got to play a lot of those songs. You know, Chubby Checkered, The Twist. You know, just these easy three-chord things. And we had so much fun. But, uh, yeah, I I think in in my hearts of hearts, I'm I'm, I'm a blues man. Do you have a blues blues harp next to you right now? Um, You know what? I don't have it right next to me right now. It's, It's down in my... Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I haven't blown one in such a long time. In fact, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about going and buying another Horner's blues harp in D because that's what I used to play. And we play in the key of A, but you could um, I could uh, uh, blow the, uh, the the D blues harp, and it was. You know, right now I'm so old. I you know I get out of breath after taking the first yeah, right. couple of, of notes. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, but I, I I I do I do like the music, and I do love the Beatles. I do love 50, 60 rock and roll and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, me yeah. too. Me too. I love that stuff. All right, Rick. Well, um, I guess, uh, you know, kind of reviewing everything today, is there, um, you know, we've kind of been all over the place. This has been a lot of fun. Is there any, um, you know, is there any takeaway or anything you want to leave before we let you get out of here? Well, you know, I would I would appreciate uh, maybe uh, maybe a shout out to the, the, the pro staffs that I'm on. Oh, yeah. You know. Um, um, yeah. Did we miss anybody? Uh, uh, oh yeah. Um, let me uh, let me just try to think here. Yeah. Um, I'll just start with telling you as, as it comes to my mind. I'm, I'm on Daiichi's pro staff. I'm on Flyman, um, uh, Hemingway, uh, Semperfly, uh, Whiting Farms, uh, Canadian Llama, uh, the finest fly tying benches, um, Force Fly Fishing. Um, let's see who else. Um, Umqua Feather Merchants, um, Solar Res. Let's see who else. Huh. Hey, I, I think that's, that's, that, that's, that's it. That's, Let me, uh, I had you, 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 uh, you rang a note here on, um, I had a note from Daniel, uh, Pottobed in the Facebook group as well. He was talking about the, um, the amazing Colorado bench he wanted me to ask you about. Does that, does that mean anything to you? Yeah, uh, uh, my friend Jay Burge uh, makes uh, the finest, his company is called the Finest Fly Time Benches. He makes these beautiful, beautiful uh, benches out of all different kinds of exotic woods. And you ought to look at his, you ought to look at his website. He's got some beautiful benches. In fact, he's, he, he designed, he's given me three of the benches that I use from uh, a smaller one for my fly tying demos that I, that, that I take around with me, but oh, wow. his, his benches are just well designed and well made. Uh, and, um, I, I just love, uh, tying on his benches. And what's really cool about, about Jay is that when he was a little kid, he, he lived nearby where I lived and I had a tree and he built a, uh, a birdhouse or a, a clubhouse in, in, in the tree. And I helped him. And, and, uh, years later, Years later, we're at the uh, the fly fishing show, and he goes, uh, Mr. Takashi, I think you ought to be tied with one of my benches. And I'm going, oh, man, I, I can't afford that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he, he says, you don't remember me, do you? And I said, no. And he goes, I'm Jay Burge. And I said, 
little Jay Burst. Oh, cool. You're all grown up, you know. Oh, cool. And so, so he's taken very good care of me. But That's he awesome. has a he has a great product. So there you go. Yeah, there's one of your your students. I love his I love his benches. Yeah, that's cool. All right, Rick. Well, I think that's about all I have for you in the next six to twelve months. Anything new we can expect for you? You want to highlight with yourself, uh, either personally or, or your you know stuff you have going with the fly tying? Well, you know what, with, with the fly tying, I, I usually do between twenty and um, maybe twenty five demonstration presentations uh, wow. th- throughout the year. Um, I'll, I'll be doing that. You know, the IFTD. I'll be doing it at the Denver Fly Fishing Show. I'll be at the um, uh, sportsman's exhibition. Uh, I'll be tying at the uh, the call the um, West Denver TU fly tying clinic, uh, mm-hmm. fly fishing rendezvous. Uh, I'll be in a lot of different fly shops. I I like to go into fly shops and, and demonstrate tying, Perfect. and it just keeps me busy. You know, yep. it keeps me motivated. You know, and so I don't have to sit home and do those 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 old people math things you know that's to right keep your mind that's sharp. right yeah i think that's the key to life right so, you know especially as you start getting older <laughs> it's like the, keeping your mind going and keeping you know the, that's why it's such i think fly tying is so amazing it's just that meditative oh art. yeah it i you know i i tie i you know i mean yesterday i tied three dozen flies oh, wow. you know so you said three, you know, you said three uh, yeah. a day at least, but sometimes you tie more than three. Well, but yeah, I tie more than that. Cause what, what I like to do, I think one of the great joys is that uh, a friend of mine, Dave Mosnick and I do, we do a lot of work with the veterans oh, yeah. and, uh, uh, I like to tie flies for them, but I, I like to tie flies. And if, if I'm catching fish and someone comes up and asks me, well, what fly are you using? I give them a whole bunch of flies. Yeah, I, I don't go out and try to go. Hey, my fly is great. You, you ought to fish with this. If they come up and ask me, I, I, I like to share flies with other people. For so, sure. but uh, but our, our work with the, with the veterans has been really great. So I cool. like to tie a lot of flies for for uh, his organization. Gotcha. You know, wounded warriors and healing oh, right. waters and, and healing waters, the yeah. Platte River uh, veteran fly fishers and stuff like that. That's right. And so, uh, yeah, yeah. So That's I awesome. like to help Dave out a lot. So. Cool, anyway, good stuff. Cool. All right, well, uh, Rick, I guess, um, and if people want to find you, they're just on Facebook. Rick Takahashi is probably the easiest place. Uh, yeah, or, or they could um, they could email me at Rick Talk. That's R I C K T A K at hotmail dot com. Okay, and um, I invite them to, to email me. I'll answer any questions, share any patterns that that I can, you know, and. Um, um, and if they're in the Denver area or the Colorado region, look up some of these uh, uh, fly tying venues, and, and uh, I get to be at a lot of them. So that's sweet. So I look forward to, to seeing them and meeting them. Good stuff. Well, I'll, I'll look forward to meeting you as well here in uh, next week. And yeah, just yeah. want to thank you for coming on and uh, sharing, you know, some of your thank tips. You for I mean, inviting me. Yeah, definitely. We got it too. It was great. This is what I love about the podcast because I start at one place thinking, you know, we're going to talk about this, and then. You know, we get into all this stuff about your life, and it's been a really, I, we've gone definitely a, a little bit longer, but uh, it's been a lot of fun, and appreciate what you do for, you know, teaching everybody out there, and I hope, hope to see you, you know, pretty soon. Oh, great. Well, I hope everyone has a great days on the water, and a fine peace and joy. All right. See you, Rick. Thanks. Bye. So there you go. If you want to find all the show notes with all the links we cover, just go to wetflyswing.com slash Rick, R-I-C-K. A quick reminder on one of the spots remaining for the Olympic Peninsula Steelhead trip we have coming up with uh, one of the best guys out west. That's Jack, by the way, uh, not me if you were wondering. Uh, go to wetflyswing.com slash OP. 
uh, to find out more details on the upcoming trip. I want to read a quick review from Moloch the Owl God on iTunes. Moloch the Owl, uh, the Owl God says, Lots for all anglers to learn here. Five stars. The podcast is great. I'm a novice gadget caster and have learned so much from the heavyweight fishing guests on this show. I love steelheading, swinging flies, and this podcast. Damn. That may be the, the greatest, greatest sentence ever. Thanks, uh, Moloch uh, the Owl God, for the great uh, review and the great iTunes handle. If you want to leave a quick review, just head over to wetflyswing.com slash review to check out the easy uh, step guide there. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com. And if you found this episode helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. 